0: So there you go. Know all about it now. Just took me ten minutes to do that, but um, not really. I'm going to read to you from Proverbs chapter four and verses one to nineteen. So not the whole of Proverbs four, just one to nineteen. There's so much in there. So I'm reading from the New King James Version. Proverbs four one to nineteen it says this: Hear, my children, the instruction of a father, and give attention to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine. Do not forsake my law. When I was my father's son, tender and the only one in the sight of my mother, he also taught me and said to me, let your heart retain my words. Keep my commands and live. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth and she will be standing. Exalt her and she will promote you. She will bring you honour when you embrace her. She will place on your head an ornament of grace. A crown of glory she will deliver to you. Hear, my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of your life will be many. I have taught you in the way of wisdom. I have led you in right paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hindered. And when you run, you will not stumble. Take firm hold of instruction, do not let go. Keep her, for she is your life. Do not enter the path of the wicked, and do not walk in the way of evil. Avoid it, do not travel on it, turn away from it, and pass on. For they do not sleep unless they have done evil, and their sleep is taken away unless they make someone fall. For they eat the bread of wickedness, and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the just is like the shining sun that shines ever brighter until the perfect day. The way of the wicked is like darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. Let's just pray before I share. Father, we want to thank you for your word. Thank you that it's precious, it's valuable, it's treasure. And we just pray now as we just spend the next while just looking at some of the things that's mentioned here in this proverb. Pray, Father, you will apply to our lives the things that we need. Lord, you know our hearts, you know where we're at, and we pray, Holy Spirit, come and minister to us in whatever way you choose, but speak to us and help us, for we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, we're living in an age like never before, where there's more knowledge available to us than in any other time in history. Information is at our fingertips. We know that, don't we? I don't know whether you've heard this said. You hear this quite often. Really, when people want to know something, the advice they're normally given, if that person doesn't know the answer is, why don't you Google it? Why don't you Google it? I don't know if you're like me. Google everything. You know, so everything is there at our fingertips. Sometimes you Google things, and it's right to Google it and check things out. Sometimes you Google things, and you probably shouldn't do it one of the things that I do often is if ever I have an illness or anything, I Google it. And and my wife, Kath, is always telling me, don't do it. Don't go there. Don't look. Because when you Google an illness, all the worst possible scenarios come up. And you immediately believe that you have got the worst of the worst. And you begin to think that. And then the enemy gets in and he plagues your mind with it. And you think all these things. You see, at one time, you really had to go to a doctor's to find out what was wrong with you or go to the hospital. But now you can almost self-diagnose because of Google. And I want to suggest that that's not a good thing. Is anybody here that does that other than me? Yeah? Oh, a, yeah, a few people. Stop it. Yeah, it's not good. I know it's not good, but I still do it. I just want to check out, make sure you know what it is, just in case I need to call an ambulance straight away or something like that. So, so don't do it, but information is there immediately. There is information available to us about anything and everything. But such a proliferation of knowledge doesn't necessarily, necessarily make a person wise. You know, we can know all kinds of things. We can be intelligent beyond belief and really clever, fill our head with all kinds of stuff, and yet still have no wisdom. It's the reality of it. There is a difference between knowledge and wisdom. We see it in Bradford all the time. You know, I don't know, um, you know if you're a car driver, you'll know there are a lot of bad drivers in, in Bradford. Lots. It might be the same in every city, I don't know, but I live in Bradford. So I just notice that all the time. People speeding along. You see, I'm pretty sure that everybody that's speeding and zooming along and in a hurry and rushing past me and making me slam my brakes on and stuff, I'm pretty sure they know the speed limit. They have knowledge, but they don't have wisdom. And we can have knowledge and not have wisdom. People know, for example, that it's bad to smoke. I reckon everybody that smokes will say, I know it's bad to smoke. They know, they have a knowledge, but they're not wise enough to then stop. It could be like that with lots of things in our lives, can it? Maybe we're a little bit like that as well. There are things in our lives where, you know, we know... But we don't act upon it in wisdom. And there's a difference between knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge, but not wisdom. But you see, knowledge in our society today, 21st century, especially in Western Europe, knowledge is seen almost as a greater gift than wisdom. Almost as a greater gift. Knowledge itself is seen as, to some people as like a god. An antidote to primeval beliefs such as a belief in a personal God. I noticed before I left for church this morning, uh, just watching the end of the news, and there was a little thing came on for, uh, I've mentioned this lots of times, because I end up watching these things that drive me crazy. um, The big questions, which is a debate show. And the final point that we're looking at today was this. He said, you know, can we find three wise men, after we've just had Christmas, can we find three wise men who still believe in God? That's what they were going to debate. Because wise men obviously don't believe in God. I I didn't watch it, so I don't know who they were talking about, but I imagine Dawkins will be one of those referenced. He's an Oxford scholar, writer of books, debater. You know, he's wise beyond belief. He doesn't believe in God. You know, what does the Bible say? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. So knowledge without wisdom is a waste of time. It's pointless. It it just doesn't mean anything. It might win you some brownie points in the world we're living in now. People may look up to you, honour you, follow you, believe what you say. But actually, you can be full of knowledge, but have no wisdom. The Apostle Paul says about knowledge that it brings about pride. That knowledge can puff a person up. Maybe that's why the proverb here and the writer of the proverb doesn't say get knowledge. doesn't say get knowledge. Rather he says get wisdom and then you can get understanding. Get wisdom, get understanding. How how do we define wisdom? Someone once said this, wisdom is common sense in an uncommon degree. Let's read that again. Wisdom is common sense... In an uncommon degree. Proverbs 4 concerns itself with the way of wisdom. The first nine verses of this proverb are concerned with parental wisdom. Solomon records the wisdom he received from his father David. In verse 3 he says, When I was my father's son, verse 4, He taught me and said to me, Parental wisdom, The... the um, Solomon here, the writer, received from his father knowledge, wisdom, understanding. He's saying, you know, a father should have wisdom and pass it on to his children. Verse 1 Hear, my children, the instruction of a father. Now we can see that this is very much set in, it, in its Jewishness. In the you know, the there's a real emphasis within Judaism for them to pass on the knowledge to their children. So, why Jewish children all grew up knowing the, the religious festivals within Judaism. They know about uh, the, the Bible and, uh, and stories that the Jewish nation have gone through. Because they pass on history, they pass on tradition, they pass on wisdom as they perceive it to their children. Never, like at any time before I think, is there a need in our day for parental wisdom parental wisdom divorce is rife absentee fathers if you work in a school you'll know that there's many many children just sort of one single families struggling they're growing up in a confusing world that's atheistic that's secular in nature they're not getting any wisdom from their parents maybe their parents don't have any wisdom to pass on you know we often sort of say to about kids that uh, you know, misbehaving and stuff like that. Well, you know, have you met the parents? You know, because she sort of realized as well, you almost say, well, these kids like that because of them, and maybe they're like that because of their parents. And it's passed down this sort of bad behavior and this, uh, this sort of dysfunctionality that seems to be there. But there needs to be parental wisdom. I've noticed as well constantly, I was just talking to my daughter Beth about this the other day, who's training to be a teacher that it almost seems that when anything's going wrong in society and kids need to learn anything, it gets sort of pushed onto the teachers or the schools to teach them. I noticed this week, again, they were talking about problems with you know, the internet and you've got to be careful on the internet and you don't know who you're talking to and all that lot. We need to get it in schools. We need the teacher to tell them. And not the parents, the teachers have got to tell them. They're growing up in a world, our young people today, where they're taught that there's no God, where they're taught that therefore there's no accountability really, that you can believe whatever you want to believe, and that can be true for you. They're growing up confused about their gender, because you can be whatever gender you want to be today. They're growing up thinking that homosexuality is a life choice. You can choose to be gay if you want to be. They're told that we, we, we've evolved, we've just come from apes. So therefore, you know, if you're told you come from monkeys, you act like monkeys. There's an entitlement culture as well, isn't there, today? You don't have to work hard for anything. I know I'm getting older now because I'm saying things that I used to hear other people say that were far older than me. And I always catch myself. I was at it the other day. You know, I said, well, when I were a lad, I had to do two paper rounds a week to get my bike, you know, now you can just go and get it. It's an entitlement culture. We don't have to do anything. You just give it to us. Our kids are messed up. Our society is messed up. Where are they going to get wisdom from? Where are they going to get wisdom from? In verse 5, Solomon says, get wisdom and get understanding. Two precious things. To get wisdom and to get understanding. In verse 7, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. Where are young people going to get wisdom from? In a society that's messed up with parents that maybe not very wise themselves or absentee parents. The reality is they need Jesus. They need Jesus. It tells us in Luke 2, verses 40 and 52 that Jesus was filled with wisdom. It says in Matthew 13, 54 that the crowds marveled at his wisdom. In Matthew 12, 42, Jesus said, One greater than Solomon is here. In 1 Corinthians 1, 24 and 30, it says that Jesus is the power and the wisdom of God. Only true wisdom is found in Jesus. Everyone needs Jesus to become wise. Our young people need wisdom in a messed up world. And in verses 10 to 19... Solomon introduces to us two paths. In verses 10 to 14, in verse 11, he says, I have taught you in the way of wisdom. I have led you in right paths. The way of wisdom. We heard just on the short video we watched before I I got up to speak, the idea of blessings connected with choosing the way of wisdom, Proverbs 4.10 says, The years of your life will be many. Uh, it was good that they actually pointed out on the video as well. That it doesn't always work out like that. But you can imagine, you know, wisdom should bring, could potentially bring you a longer life. You know, we, uh, we were talking about, uh, Corinne was talking about New Year's resolutions. I don't know if, if you've made any or, or not bothered with those things. But often resolutions are about things to start or to stop. I'm going to stop doing this. I'm going to start doing that. I'm going to stop just being a couch potato and I'm going to sort of train for the London Marathon. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to stop eating all this rubbish food and I'm just going to start eating healthy food, whatever it might be. But you think, you know, some of those things... You know, there are wise things to do. None of those things are bad. Some of those things are wise things. Exercise is a wise thing. Eating right is a wise thing. Sleeping well, getting enough sleep. It's generally wisdom. And those sort of things could, well, lead you to a longer life. But the Bible says that wisdom is the way to go. And Solomon says, I am leading you in right paths. And the years of your life will be many We need to be wise in what we do. We need to be wise in what we say. We need to be wise in what we think. Proverbs 3, 7 and 8 says, Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. This is when you walk on the path of wisdom, the way of wisdom. Proverbs 4.12, your steps will not be hindered. See, a person on this path has the Lord assisting them. Uh, Great, what Corinne said to us tonight about being bold and courageous and God is with us and those things we can't understand or deal with, Father, we place them into your hands. But a person on the way of wisdom has the Lord assisting them because the wisdom comes from God himself. So we know that the Lord will assist us. He will help us. Proverbs 4.12 again. And when you run, you will not stumble. Those on the right path, the way of wisdom, are less likely to make mistakes. For they've chosen wisdom. Proverbs 4.13. Take firm hold of instruction. Do not let it go. Keep her, for she is your life. We keep hold, tightly hold on to the way of wisdom, the way of God. His word is life. His word is light. If we follow what he says, then things will go well for us. We can trust in him. The path of wisdom is what God would have everyone take. But the writer says there's another path as well. Verses 15 to 19. Verse 14, do not enter the path of the wicked and do not walk in the way of evil. This is the, the path of wisdom and there's the path of the wicked. And the psalmist has some strong words to say about this. Verses 14 and 15, he says, do not enter the path of the wicked. Do not walk in the way of evil. Avoid it, do not travel on it, turn away from it and pass on. See, because we're fallen beings, we're attracted to things that are not good for us. We are. The things that, you know, people say this, don't they? The way to get someone to touch something that they shouldn't touch is to tell them not to touch it. You know that, don't you? Uh, Yeah, the wet paint. Is it? (laughs) Oh, it is. (laughs) Yeah, that's what happens. And there's something within us that sort of, that, that sort of wants to sort of go off on this tangent and away from the light and into the darkness and just to push things and, and try things and do things. And, and if we're not actually doing it in reality, we're doing it in our head. See, this is why Jesus said you know, about what you think is just as bad as what you do because we know it goes on in our head anyway. It's there. And he's saying don't follow it. You see, those bad things and the way of the wicked often starts in the head anyway, doesn't it? That, that's where we've got to cut it off in our, in our thought life. Because it's when we dwell on those things that it leads us to maybe do those things. But he doesn't want us to walk on the path of the wicked. He wants us to walk in the way of wisdom. Things can seem attractive. Things can seem right. We're very good as fallen human beings of justifying our actions as well. Well, the reason I said that wrong thing was because of... The reason I did that wrong thing was because of... And we justify our actions... And yet God says, stay away from those things. Don't justify them. Don't in any way follow that. Don't entertain those thoughts. Walk in the way of wisdom. The psalmist gives reasons why this path should be avoided. In in, uh, Psalmist? It's not a psalmist. It's Solomon. Solomon gives reasons why this path should be avoided. I wrote psalmist throughout this. I kept having to change it. Proverbs 4.16. I missed that one. It says, for they do not sleep unless they have done evil, and their sleep is taken away unless they make someone fall. See, sin is addictive, and sin can enslave. Jesus said this, most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits a sin is a slave of sin. Now, we all sin. We all get things wrong. We all mess up. But we mustn't become a slave to it. We must try and walk in the way of wisdom. With God's help, we can walk in the way of wisdom. By reading his word, by staying close to him in prayer, we can walk the right path, the way of wisdom. In Proverbs four seventeen, again, hard words. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. Stay away from that path. This is what wisdom tells us. Do not even step onto that path. The path of the wicked is what God would have us avoid. I'll tell you uh, just a story of um, two two students I used to teach in Emmanuel College, both um, being in my life in in recent times for for different reasons. Uh, One, um, I was told by someone who attends the Friday breakfast here, you know, we have just a breakfast um, for for homeless people or anybody that just wants to come in and have food, um, it was Carol Ramsden actually just said to me last week. She said, "Do you know this guy?" And she told me this guy's name because he remembers you. He says you used to teach him at Emmanuel College, and I said, "Oh yeah, I remember him." You know, as a teacher, there's certain kids you remember, so you know what sort of kid I'm thinking about here, really, and. Um, and obviously she said, oh, he's hit on hard times. You know, he's, he's living over in the big tower block and he's over here and he's, you know, got his life messed up and everything like that. And when I heard that, because of I knew him when he was younger, when he was around 14, 13, 14 and teaching him, it sort of didn't surprise me. It saddened me, but it, but it sort of didn't surprise me. Here was a young man, I suppose like all young people, like all of us, we, we can walk in wisdom or we walk in wickedness and foolishness. And he was one of those kids that always seemed to choose the wrong way. You know, no matter how many times you told him and showed him, he wasn't a really bad kid. In that, you know, he wanted to kill me or anything, but um, but he just kept doing the wrong thing. So, so uh, that's sad. That's sad that he chose that path and where he is today. And our prayer is that Jesus will lead him in wisdom into his future. But there's another student who I'm I'm going to Bahrain on Wednesday. If you, I don't know how many of you knew that. But I'm going to Bahrain. You know, somebody's got to do it. It's a tough job. Sometimes you get Bradford, sometimes you get Bahrain. But the reason I'm going there is because a student at Emmanuel College who um, I led to the Lord while I was at Emmanuel College, and he's made a life for himself with his wife and kids out in Bahrain where he teaches. And um, he's been ordained as a pastor on Friday. And the pastor there said to him, can you think of anybody you'd like to invite out to preach at your ordination? And he chose me. So he said he, I was the only one he could think of. So it wasn't that I was the best. <laughs> it's a, it's a very rare. I was just talking to him, yeah, just like, and so but praise God, but forget about me, but he is walking in the way of wisdom. Here's a young man there. He wasn't a bit of a nightmare and terror like this kid. He was more well-behaved. But even then, looking back at this 14, 15-year-old kid, I wouldn't have thought he's going to end up as a pastor of a church in Bahrain and invite me out to speak. But you see, he chose Jesus. Wisdom. When we follow Jesus, he makes our life different. He gives us wisdom. He is wisdom personified, isn't he? Proverbs 4.18 says, The path of the just or the wise is like the shining sun. And the idea is here, just as the sun becomes brighter and brighter until it reaches its, its pinnacle in the sky, so those who walk the path of wisdom, are progressively enlightened. And the way of wicked, according to Proverbs 4.19, the way of the wicked is like darkness. They go through life stumbling again and again. There's one path that leads to brightness, the other to blinding darkness. Which of these two paths will we take in life? Are we taking in life? The writer of the proverb gives the reader a choice. There's the way of wisdom that leads to light, the way of darkness, or the way of of the wicked, rather, that leads to darkness. And I was just to think, just in closing, we can compare this proverb to the Christian life. To being a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ is to be under his discipline and to heed his wisdom. Christian life is to be a life of progression. It should be. I love the the Wesley song, Love Divine. The final verse is this. Finish then thy new creation, pure and spotless let us be. Let us see thy great salvation perfectly restored in thee. This is the point. Changed from glory into glory, till in heaven we take our place. Till we cast our crowns before thee, lost in wonder, love and praise. Change this idea of being changed from glory into glory progressive wisdom the light gets brighter the longer we are with Jesus the better it should be for us the wiser we should be says in 1 Peter 2 2 as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby so we're growing we begin life as a, a newborn baby Christian and then we grow desiring the pure milk of the word and in the word we find wisdom 2 Peter 3.18, but growing the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. This is what believers are supposed to do. But I've been around Christianity long enough that I know that that's not always how it works out for people. It's not always the case for some Christians. There are those who have followed Christ, profess to follow Christ, who become stale. There are those who regress rather than progress. There are those who... Get weary in doing good work. There are those who are choked by the cares of the world or are enticed by the world. And that's a shame, isn't it? Because if we continue to walk in wisdom, we will be like the sun that shines even brighter. What about us? Are we walking in the light or stumbling in the darkness? Friends, as we begin 2017... (coughs) Let's not lose hope. The flame can be rekindled if you're struggling. Wisdom can be renewed if you seek Jesus and you commit your way to him. We need to know that Proverbs 4 really presents to us Jesus. He's almost the the ideal one, the ideal son who fulfills this psalm. See, Jesus was the one who heeded his father's instruction. Jesus was the one who did as his father told him. Jesus, the one who had a pure heart, who was full of wisdom. He followed the wise path laid out before him by his Father. He presents himself as the way. Jesus' wisdom personified. Jesus is not only the wise son, he's also the light. I am the light of the world. We must therefore remember that our path will brighten, not because of anything in ourselves, But because of Christ, as we look to him, as we follow him, he will lead us in wisdom. So in conclusion, this proverb lays before us a choice. There are two paths. Jesus also spoke of two paths. Matthew 7, 13 and 14. Jesus said, enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way that leads to life. And there are few who find it. One path leads to destruction. One path leads to life. Let's follow Jesus. Let's follow the path of wisdom. The way of wisdom that leads into increasing brightness. And stay away from the path of the wicked that leads into blinding darkness. The choice is yours. Choose wisdom, choose Christ, and let's allow him to light our path in 2017. Amen.